Huh? Ah, ah, here it is. It's so working. It's so yeah, working. Yeah, you got the little ferret and the the yeah. waveform. Yeah, the waveform. Okay, Some cool. Sorry, so you got the waveforms going. Maybe Hell that's yeah. the issue when. Uh, Hell yeah. You guys are using your special ed computers. It doesn't work right. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now you're getting it mad. Now you're getting it mad. You shouldn't have done this. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I have the very last model of MacBook before Tim Cook made it into a worthless piece of trash. I actually have the same model, and it runs very poorly. But it's got a seat. It's got a DVD drive. You know. Yeah, they're they're rock solid. They are rock solid. They don't use a mobile phone OS, and you can actually access system commands without having to hack into the kernel, like um, Neo from the Matrix. Yeah. yeah, Windows is not much better at this point, to be honest. I call it Windows. <laughs> That's yeah. I think I actually started. I did pie. Their CEO is really—he's a really smart guy, and he's going to make them a lot of money. He's—they've done some very clever stuff in the in the space left behind by Apple when they made the uh, MacBook a piece of shit. Well, we'll see. I guess. <laughs> like the the like the Surface Data. Pro. Uh, if you if you watch their advertisements, all the people in the advertisements are like Latinxes, and they're like uh, gender queers with purple this? hair. So they're they're building a, a super loyal customer base that's going to get addicted to the the suede glued onto the top of their laptop, yeah. which is which performs <laughs> the, well. The suede it's, of virtue, yeah. He's a smart guy. He's uh, he's of the Indian race. I believe they've invented algebra and things like that. A lot yeah. of Indians invented a lot of the math that gets co-opted in like those UAE Saudi-sponsored museum exhibits. Like it's where uh, the Arabs of the peninsula invented all mathematics when it was all Persians and Indians and Ismailis. Yeah, Central Asians too. <laughs> yeah. like, like algebra is a Central Asian. Right. Thing. Yeah. They, they, they're Even multiplication? Because our, I was told friends. multiplication was an Arab thing. No? Nothing? Well, yeah. I mean, the guy algebra was named after was Persian. Well, oh, per- Persian culturally, which is... Yeah, but yeah, he was from I mean, like Samarkand, so yeah, yeah, Samarkand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're, yeah. you're actually, you're actually a little loud, Leo. You're sort of like I was I just hear. doing, a, I was doing. A, yeah. You are kind of clipping, but I liked it, especially when you were saying Billy Idol. It well, it's, it's more that I couldn't hear John at all over you, just like quietly talk, talking about talk, 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 talk. <laughs> talk, talk, one two one two one two can you hear us equally loud talk at the same time guys okay we're to dancing Come with myself yeah, I think we're good. I think we are. That sounded harmonious. <laughs> really, really on volume. <laughs> he did come back, though, at a very, like, like heartbreaking time. This is a serious story. Billy Idol was in New York, I think, like, telling people, don't be idle. He, he was saying, like, yeah, you need to get out there. Don't be idle. The country is falling. And now this was, like, a week before we're all stuck inside. And now those, those words echo mournfully. 
Billy Idol, he had a song called White Wedding. He did. And, uh, what we learned from the song White Wedding is that it's a uh, nice time to uh, start again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we also learned that he's uh, the the song's kind of cryptic. He's just kind of being condescending to a woman on her wedding day. Really, that's about it. That's the extent yeah. of the song. He's somewhat like Matthew McConaughey in Harmony Corrine's film The Beach Bum. Where he, that was a great film, I thought. I don't think yeah, I've seen that. He, it's I believe it came out in 2019. It did, and it's, yes. It's Matthew McConaughey as a like a sort of Florida Keys drifter poet. Yeah, and a, like dog. a really authentic one, like like the kind and of guys yeah, that I grew up around, like the trash that I was raised in in Miami. He must have like studied them and hung and out. He loves those roles. He does like one of those movies like every third movie, you know, like, like he did Mud. Oh, Mud was yeah. Um, wait, Mud was Mud? good. Yeah, Mud, Mud. Yeah, okay. I was confusing Mud with Joe for a second, which is also a great film. Joe is the movie where uh, Nicolas Cage is an ex-con trying to make good, and he meets the the teenage son of a, an alcoholic homeless guy who they're squatting in a house, and his father keeps getting progressively more sociopathic and horrible. While Joe's trying to help this kid make it in the world. And uh, he, he tragically sacrifices himself for the kid. It's it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, that's usually every third Matthew McConaughey movie. He, he does well, something that, heartbreaking. That Nick, Nick Cage. No, Nick Cage. That's a surprising role for Nick Cage. Have you seen that Nick Cage movie where uh, he, like, perpetuates the legacy of parents who murder their own children? Evan showed it to me. He couldn't be here, tragically, due to COVID-19, as I've learned to call it. Yeah, uh, prayers up for Evan. Prayers up for Evan. Prayers Hi, Nick. up for Evan. He is... He's on week three of being sick all the time, but I oh, think really? his problem is more... Not that he's immunocompromised, which I think he's a strong boy under it all. I think it's like the protein 5 he needs or whatever, the factor 5 is going to be used a lot in the oncoming crisis. Yeah, and he's his, had his uh, clotting it. factor for his hemophilia is in short supply. Yeah, which is, he's, he's which is what keeps him from dying if he say bumps into a table. Yeah. Yeah, this will be a precarious month for our, for our king. For our oh, 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 Well, I don't know if we want to just kind of keep this in or if we want to do like a proper start, but I figure I'll do the intro at this point. Introduce you guys. <laughs> is, yeah. is Don here? I'm here. Yeah, I'm where's just... Don at? This has just been us riffing off the dome. I mean, leave it in. It's gold. It's all gold, <laughs> baby. It's all yeah. it's... It's was, all glittering gold. I was just trying to get my, my vocal cords locked up a little bit. Yeah, that was we'll called see. like, you know, the jazz duo of uh, <laughs> Cool Daddy Leo and Lil John Boy are just setting up there, tuning up. You can leave that in. That's some precious gold. Yeah, that, that'll be the opening act. <laughs> all right, so we'll do a proper intro here.
Welcome back to You Can't Win, everybody. This is Tom here, and I'm joined by Donald as usual, as well as returning guest Leo and our good friend John V. I'm not sure exactly how you want us to refer to you. John V's perfect. That's how my girlfriend refers to me. No one can say John. It's it's fine. You can say John V all the time. Okay. All right. It's, cool. John it's V. Lovely, it's lovely to be here again on you. It your is fabulous. It podcast. is an honor. I have heard this is the most erudite podcast of all online guy podcasts. And I've mostly been saying that to people and have them agree with me. But still, it's, it's, I, it's an honor I'd to be here. I'd say it's a quite fair tie between this podcast and Sean's Russia blog, where he invites grad students on to talk about ridiculously, pointlessly specific things about <laughs> Until they Russia quit grad that they've been studying the for the last eight years. <laughs> well, cool. That's, that's an honor, I guess. Let's yeah, <laughs> it could be a three-way tie, too. Uh, Leo and I are working with poor sick Evan on the Pimp Chronicles, a tentative title that we're now going with because he's too sick to veto it. What's, so, the, what's the title of it? The Pimp Chronicles, I think. All right, is what I like we decided to call it. Yeah, sounds like a um, Cat Williams special. It, you know, we've heard it that is a lot. A Cat Williams special. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're worried about the analytics here, but maybe they'll be in our favor. We're not sure. We have a few backup names that I uh, I created for the podcast. I was going to do with my best friend Walter, but he's too busy due to his successful career to record. So yeah, he's not a low life like us. That's I kind of a bitch. If we do, oh no, he's more of a low life than all of us combined. <laughs> he just happens to be gainfully employed. <laughs> Ain't that the worst, man? That could have been us. It could still be us. It's there's still plenty. Well, yeah, time. man, we can grift our way. We yeah, we've the whole trying. world's on reset now, so it. Yeah, yeah, they're giving us some restart money too. Yeah, and to me at this point, twelve hundred bucks plus twelve hundred for my girlfriend is essentially a fortune. Yeah, yeah, that is a small fortune. Like, like (laughs) imagining a thousand dollars in bill form kind of gives me like heart palpitations Uh, at this point. Like, it's insane to me. (laughs) Do you guys got any plans for your Trump bucks? Um. Well, I have a continuing debt that I need to pay at the minimum of, and then I have I have to buy THC tinctures and lotions for my girlfriend's ease, and uh, I need to buy some bariatric wheelchair cushions, which I repurpose to put on my bed for sleeping because of my strange autoimmune disorder that makes me sensitive to my own GABA and causes my body to lock up and for all electrolytes to be purged off those little axon terminals giving me extreme pain but if I got fresh cushions with the, with the hard you got that fresh coating, stuff yeah then it's, it's like it, that, it that magical long. medicine never destroyed your body in the first place man yeah <laughs> if yeah, if anybody um, is thinking about taking any gabagiric drug from gabapentin and phenobacrofen, just <laughs> if you have any history of autoimmune disease in your family, don't take it because it will ruin your life. That's a PSA. What's it yeah. called? Um, gabapentin, 
It's prescribed a lot. I still know of sad women who take gabapentin and post about it. So this is not a widely acknowledged problem, I don't think. It's it's a unique circumstance for me because I had uh, certain problems relating to um, taking heartburn medication a lot, and that opened my guts up to chimeric molecules forming and then transiting through my body and so it, I would yeah doing all that wonderful work of nature and then I you was, saved I, yourself by like shocking yourself it, with a battery and reading Hegel on a treadmill like a Thomas Pynchon character you fucking lunatic <laughs> yeah um I, I use, <laughs> yeah uh, I just went through this three month period where I was standing on a treadmill reading intervals of Hegel while shocking my brain now I'm okay I, how's it actually, going John I, I spent <laughs> uh, one calendar year with uh transcranial direct stimulation so basically two electrodes an anode and a what you would call it on my head in a, in a position where researchers discovered that the brain was more receptive, receptive to insight and I would strap that on and I would read Hegel for 45 minutes to an hour a day <laughs> and do strenuous exercise and yeah my mind and body were as strong as they've ever been. You Pinchonian motherfucker. Listen You're to that. You're a fragile yet philosophical cyborg is basically. <laughs> yeah. Just and, how I thought of you before all that happened. So it's all kind of fitting. And uh, so, um, but then I, I took I took a Phenobut on recommendation of Dutch bodybuilder Menno Henselmans who said it was great for recovery. <laughs> and, uh, it sounds it like a reliable source. I would trust him. It made me allergic to my own uh, GABA neurotransmitter, among many other things, and ruined my life. So I've just slowly been trying to desensitize myself to everything. I can't quite figure out how to desensitize myself from my own neurotransmitter. That's the problem. That seems like a tough one, yeah. John, you sound like you're getting deeper and deeper in like a sewer pipe or something. Sorry, I was uh, I was actually rolling a joint, I'll admit. And um, Tom, I'm going to say, actually, I'm going to go against you. On a recent episode, you said people should not smoke weed in pandemic. Yeah. I'm saying you should. I'm saying smoke them if you got them. Uh, you do have to cough to get off. Worry about excessive cough. But this is a great time for like emotionally saturating. Like you ever just sit with your non-emotions and then smoke weed and think about something and cry this is a great time for that i think that's progress i think well, people okay. should be sitting in twilight getting high alone and thinking about all the bad things they've done and crying and accepting it in turn and getting higher this is just my vision i don't know alice coltrane's playing <laughs> I, I don't have any problem with with that like the whole emotional thing that you're talking about it's it's more that that will suppress your immune system and i don't think that's a good good idea right now yeah but also it'll, <laughs> also that sense of melia is going to make it a lot easier when you watch your friends die on skype though so there's also that a lot um, easier to what? It'll be a lot easier to watch all your friends die on skype you know <laughs> if you're getting high at least my my take my strong advice and don't yeah. think twice. Oh, I'm Use, not gonna think twice, baby. Uh, an MCT oil based tincture. You might not drift off into the land of visions, but it'll put you to sleep and help you with the pain in these days of uh, lung health. 
Yeah, honestly, I think that's fine. I mean, I, I, it, it's still, to me, preferable just stay away from it. But if you are going to do that, if you think it would be useful, I think at least don't smoke something. I think that's a, a pretty happy medium there. Yeah, because the, yeah, the places yeah, where... Yeah, but where I can't the, find a street dealer in the Bronx who has edibles, man. It's, it's fucking hard here. You gotta work with what you got. But I, I thought uh, that in, in New York City that you could just call a phone number and somebody on a bicycle would bring you... Like, oh, those tire. people do not come to the South Bronx unless I'm buying $600 of marijuana. Oh, those people yeah. stay firmly in Brooklyn oh. for, for high clientele, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> is it uh, decriminalized up there? It is basically decriminalized. I think Schumer has called for decriminalization, although I've heard from my psycho friend Hayden Hard, shout-outs to Hayden, uh, that uh, the Citizen app that he works for is still busting people on weed in New York. So now they're using it to keep counts up, I think. But it was mostly okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. All right, let's let's stop rambling. Let's get on to the stop rambling. Oh wait, oh wait, the question, right? Yeah, the check. I have no plans for the check. Um, I might use it to illegally go to South Jersey and try to see my girlfriend who is in South Jersey, and I might get everyone sick in South Jersey and wipe out South Jersey, and that that'd be great for everybody. So well, I think North Jersey is fucked. Right, like where, where's North Bergen? Is that North Jersey, South? Jersey? Yeah, that's that's North Jersey. South Jersey's more like Asbury Park, like uh, Bruce Springsteen town. Okay. North Jersey's basically just fake New York. They're doing horribly. Yeah, I think yeah. South Jersey's doing okay. Well, I mean, it's a matter of time, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Or or everything could be okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Everything just could be totally okay. Yeah. I could see my loved one before I die in the Javits Center. You know, there's anything could happen, man. <laughs> have you any, have any of you guys caught the COVID, the SARS COVID nine? I mean, I feel like a lot of people in New York already have it. Like I and all my friends around early February got sick for two weeks and felt really terrible and coughed a lot. And then we're fine. And then this happened. And now we're all stuck in our houses. I feel like we all already fucking have it. Yeah, you know, when when the lockdown thing first started like two weeks ago, I had like a really slight tickle in the back of my throat and I was getting headaches on and off. It it wasn't anything terrible, but it kind of matched up with like what maybe mild symptoms would be. Yeah, I think we've all had it. Leo, you had a period of it, right? Yeah, uh, and and, uh, the first week of January, after it had already secretly reached the Pacific Northwest via people traveling from Asia and people traveling to British Columbia where there's a large, you know, Chinese tax shelter community. Oh, yeah. um, I, I, I had a furious fever and a, just a horrible cough for a week. I felt like I was about to die. And uh, then the symptoms lingered on for a couple months, but I'm feeling, feeling healthy now. Yeah, yeah, I think we're all past it. Yeah, I think in like late December, uh, in early January, I had like a lung infection, and uh, it like you know m- uh, pneumonia or something, and I felt pretty bad. And uh, you know, you never know. It's just one of those things. Like I don't know. I have no idea. 
uh, you know, I guess I don't know like how, what scale of testing they're going to do later on to like, you know, to people that sort of, you know, show some symptoms in the past or something, you know, it just, I guess it's like an emergency testing right now. I heard some of the tests are like combining five of them into one tube. And then just testing those five people again if one of them is positive. I mean, this is exclusive to you where there's testing, right? We're testing like 500 people a day in like Connecticut, aren't we? That's that's the best we're doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that, uh, yeah. Someone someone said that. Did you see that thing online about Burundi? Whatever. I said that Burundi. Oh, is this the one where I've seen Bangladesh get hit? Yeah, they have no cases. Like one of the only places with no cases. And they were like, "Why do you have no cases?" And they're like, "Oh, we have because we hate the Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) No Chinese in Burundi." Yeah. Yeah, So I don't know. A lot of uh, African countries are are taking up a prey and wait and see approach to to COVID. Yeah. And uh, they're basically just saying, um, we're just going to wait this out because we don't have the capacity to treat it anyway. And um, I, that sounds I don't sensible. Know if you guys heard about what's what's happening in Brazil, what in the, the favelas, the right, the, yeah, like Bolsonaro is saying, like people are going to die and get sick. So what? British, um, Brazilian men are invincible. Wasn't that his whole spiel? <laughs> yeah, and and he he has it. But, you cannot uh, kill Brazilian men or cuck them. What what the uh, the the gangs have done in the favelas is they've closed their drug markets and they've shut down all the parties and they're driving around in their their fine cars and yelling, uh, "Stay indoors! If you are outdoors, we will make an example of you and you will regret it." So they're enforcing a quarantine while the government ignores it, which says a lot about the state of Brazilian politics at the moment. It says a lot about society, my friend. They're, they're, they're calling it the rich man's disease because they think that it came from rich people traveling abroad. Oh, yeah. Didn't all those rich people bring it to like a suburb in Idaho and now they have like 4,000 cases in one hospital? <laughs> 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 yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the Snake River area. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had a theory that it's uh, spread by pedophilia just based on all the rich people getting it. And stuff. <laughs> That's true. And, and getting it immediately, too. Right. Yep. Yeah, and like getting special tests as if they're not like a category of, you know, pedophile elite, you know? Oh, yeah, they just look at like they got the little wristband from the night before. They're like, oh, you, yeah, you probably have. <laughs> you got the little oh. stamp of the kid in red, yeah. The little pizza stamp on their head. Was a human sacrifice and like you're all chained up who was being beaten? Yeah, you got it. Oh, yeah, you got the full back Yakuza tattoo of Moloch. <laughs> yes, just like in the, the the film Red Dragon, where Ray Fiennes eats a book. Oh, a lot happens in that movie. That's a classic. <laughs> you know, it's a great movie, The Ninth Gate, starring Johnny Depp. Oh, I remember that one. That was a kind of a a favorite for my group of friends to watch, like on mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. I was a huge fan of that before we all decided to hate Roman Polanski again. Uh, you know, rest in yeah. peace, I guess. Uh, I, I separate the art from the 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 file cretin who let his his wife be murdered by leaving her with yeah. the most low life Polish friend he had. 
And then I married mean, Klaus Kinski's daughter or whatever, something like that. Fucking piece of shit. But makes great movies. I mean, Knife in the Water, you can't deny this yeah. shit. I think you just have to assume any movie you're watching has some disproportionate level of pedophile activity going on behind the scenes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. That's. I think that's one of the reasons why The Sopranos is considered a modern American classic, because the cast and uh, the showrunners went out of their way to protect... Uh, Meadow Soprano and the young female cast members from that stuff. It's also a beautiful tragedy akin to the 19th century empire novel. Thank you very much, Leo. That's a fact. Thank you. I'm glad you, I'm glad you granted that fact. Um, when uh, Red Dragon came out, uh, I went to the theater and I can remember staring at like the sign that said Red Dragon and like thinking about it for a while and then going to see... The tuxedo with Jackie Chan and Jennifer Love Hewitt instead. <laughs> the, that was one of the earliest uh, Jackie Chan movies after he swore off ever doing wire stunts post Hong Kong career. He only wanted all his stunts to be real. But then I guess he needed money to pay for his his uh, drug smuggling stunts and legal bills because he was facing the death penalty or life in prison for having. I forget if it was uh, like a brick of weed or ecstasy on a private plane and he was searched. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I did not know this. I knew his beautiful Italo disco hits, but I did not know this this plight of Jackie Chan. Yeah, his son is a real, he's a real uh, rich dick type of rich kid. Yeah, just sort of seeing what trouble he can make. Yeah, that kind of rich kid. That's a shame. I've always heard that like Jackie Chan was some kind of tyrannical father or whatever. Maybe that's just how they sort of play it off in the media, you know, to kind of cover up the real story. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. He um, he grew up as uh, like a super spoiled kid of embassy workers in Australia, uh, Hong Kong embassy workers. And he was a fat little boy who got to eat all the little rice balls and stuff that he wanted. <laughs> yeah, I know the type very well. <laughs> but he, he was so mischievous that his parents sent him off to Chinese opera school, which is basically non-stop beatings from the older kids. And they have to learn martial arts and how to do flips. And they yeah. learn how to do classical Chinese uh, opera. Yeah, they need to learn how to fall underneath an entire fully toppling city in real time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's Chinese boarding school. <laughs> yeah, school yeah, exactly. They throw you under a truck. <laughs> 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 Those movies are amazing. Have you guys seen Police Story One and Two? I'm sure you all have. Oh, it's a, yeah. it's beautiful stuff. Fantastic. It's so like a long. testament to like what we've lost because there's so much at stake. When you watch those movies, you see like these entire fake towns destroyed just so Jackie Chan can look cool surviving something. You see like men jumping into like moving streets for the sake of, you know, a somewhat successful satirical action comedy. It's really heartening. That's cool. Yeah, he, he put his life on the line because he loved Buster Keaton and the Marx Brothers and he just thought physical comedy plus martial arts would be great. And he was right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was right. Physical comedy plus risking your life, yeah. He also claims that he and Bruce Lee fought to a draw. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, Do not know the, this story. 
there's some stories going around that people have started talking about because there's a scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where the yeah, I was going to say this character throws Jackie Chan into a car door and smashes the car. Yeah. It's caused <laughs> a lot of trouble online, yeah. Jack, Jackie Chan, I mean, Bruce Lee was known to be sort of a fake tough guy who, who would, who would <laughs> pretend to be ready to fight anybody, but if they were bigger than him, they'd be like, oh, just wait, I'll fight you instead. <laughs> <laughs> I will defend him and say when he was dead, they found like an ounce or more of marijuana just like in his stomach he had been like eating marijuana i guess recreationally which <laughs> like, respect like yeah. just raw butts <laughs> i guess he was dipping it in honey probably i would imagine oh, but okay. they just oh. found like a ton of fucking nugs in him yeah that's <laughs> as well as a huge amount of fucking like tranquilizers which makes sense like if i were fucked up on k2 i could do like a thousand wind sprints too yeah yeah <laughs> And he was based in San Francisco for a while. I don't. I don't know if you guys saw the Chinese produced movie about uh, Bruce Lee's fight with Wong Jack Ran, the the monk. But it's very cool. the 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 theme of the movie is sort of flashy Americanism versus traditional honorable Chinese style Buddhist fighting. Well, Buddhist monk fighting, and they, the 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 climactic fight scenes use a ton of wire work, and um, it's just not a movie that looks like any other movie that's been made recently. And I enjoyed it. Yeah, I like that kind of weird militant undertone. It sounds like a like Mishima thing, but with Buddhist monk fighting. Yeah, to that. it was it was the first movie I'd see that would you could call straight up Chinese propaganda aimed at American audiences. (laughs) You guys looking forward to the Chinese century? You think that's going to happen? It's it's looking more and more like it. I mean, I'm ready for the work camps. Are you guys? Hell no. I'm going to like organize an uprising. We're all going to get shot down. I have always yeah. thought this of you, yeah. Ever since, ever since you had your nude icon on Last FM in 2008, I thought this man, <laughs> oh, this man's man. up to no good. <laughs> this man will be a misfit in the revolution. This man's social credit score, it's negative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the listeners, on my Last FM account, I used to have a picture of Dean Ween sitting nude at the computer as the oh, icon. Oh, I thought that was you. Yeah, God everyone thought it. it was me and I didn't do anything to, <laughs> you know, clear things up, but yeah, it's Dean Ween. The, uh, the, the dick measure contest on the last FM who listened to the Silver Jews War. Oh, that was a horrible like era of the internet. Yeah, I, I would turn off Last FM to listen to the things I wanted. Like, I would listen to <laughs> that shit and, like, you know, Ornette Coleman on Last FM, and then I'd turn it off and listen to, like, Goodbye Horses over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Mine came out like with like Lil Wayne like ten times more than anybody else. What's that? <laughs> Mine was always Lil Wayne like ten times more than oh, anybody else. Oh hell yeah, man! Like, those oh, were the okay. years for that was Drought Three, Dedication Two, Dedication Two, yeah. Shout out! This what I call her. 
Yeah. That that is an error that only could have produced uh, only could have been produced by like endured horrible childhood trauma and huge amounts of coding and he really went for it. I I I'm, I'm really proud of Wayne for that little spark he had for 3 years. Yeah, he's kind of like a like an old retired boxer now walking around with brain damage. Yeah, sure. yeah, 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 basically. Ever since that one freestyle where he pours out some lean and then doesn't say anything. I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's very sad. You should look it up if you haven't. Lil Wayne just says, like, rest in peace, Pimp C, and proceeds to pour out a, 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 like a, a liter of lean on the floor and then just let the beat ride while he, like, giggles to himself like an incoherent old man for about two minutes. It's a very little eerie elegy for the boy. We should have him for the Democrat nomination instead of Biden. Oh yeah, he's 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 way more fit for it. President Carter, man, from that terrible (laughs) album, (laughs) from that really bad album. Yeah. So Tom, what are you using your money for? Um, I'm gonna get a gun, and then I'm just gonna put it towards. A gun is a good one. Yeah, I'm gonna need a gun too. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine. We're going to ride out to Indiana, buy a couple shotguns, something like that. One of the best ways to get guns for free is to find one of those trucks that has a thousand NRA Obama's Muslim. I'm never going to take my gun stickers and just to break the window and take all the guns that are stored inside the truck. That's a really good idea. Yeah. People are in quarantine now too. Car car alarms mean nothing to them. No, they're not going to go outside and risk infection. Yeah, if you, if if you, you have are, a gun, I mean, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Don, you uh, you're not getting your twelve hundred, right? Because you're yeah, because yeah, you're, you're taken care of, aren't you, buddy? Because well, you're all right. <laughs> you're yeah, over there I mean, in feel good land, huh? Yeah, I mean, I don't have to worry about medical bills, but at the same time. Well, if you, it's like if you lose your job because of COVID or something, you get like uh, two thousand a month. I think months. they should pay you guys for the Trudeau blackface, just just for that, actually. Yeah. yeah. I think he should give you all a thousand personally, one thousand CAD, one thousand loons, yeah, yeah loony reparations, baby. <laughs> what are yeah. the odds that Trudeau has? Oh, he's got it. They've all got it. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. He said that he. Trump's got it. Yeah. I think Trump has it or had it and then beat it, and I really think he should have come out as having it and then like. You know, let's say he oh, yeah. have it. Just yeah. pretend to have it and then like beat it and be like, Oh yeah, that would have been the best man. move. Yeah, look, we can have it open by Easter. I survived it. And look at me, I'm a piece of it's, shit, you know. It's no <laughs> big deal. It's just a flow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I heard on the the Chapo podcast that Rand Paul got sick from COVID and, and a lot of Senate people got sick because um they have a big bowl of shared jelly beans, and they're all just honey dipping when the COVID epidemic goes on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real story, yeah. It's true. And, and, uh, Rand Paul also he was like uh, he went to work for like days afterwards, like after he got tested, wait waiting for the results. Like he didn't he didn't give up work in that time, and uh, he's like a doctor. He's like you know like he's an actual physician. Uh, he was he an ophthalmologist though? Like Michelle Assad? You still you still <laughs> do like 
you still do like basic training, whatever the equivalent is, you know, like yeah. you have to, yeah. well, you, I mean, both him and his dad school. were pretty much like denying that it was like a thing. They called it like the, the coronavirus yeah, yeah. hoax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a week before his son got sick, and Ron Paul is one of his famous racist newsletters. He wrote that uh, it was a, a hoax and it didn't do it. Oh, yeah. My mayor, who's been coming out with like a fucking Elmer Fudd face for the past two weeks, was saying, you know, go to the theater. This is a hoax. This was like March 2nd, maybe. Yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's on my television now. Like my parents watch CNN religiously, and like he's just on there all day now. It's just like it's just the Cuomo network. It's just like yeah, just they there. they should just like have him sit there while Bela Lugosi's dead by by Bauhaus plays. He should just stop talking. <laughs> that shouldn't be the marathon press conference. Yeah. And now they're talking about having him be the Democrat nominee. <laughs> that oh is really God. insulting. He's such, uh, he's so stupid. He's so much that, I hate to say it, but you know how like every Italian American's kind of gay? Like he's that like mama's <laughs> boy, kind of gay Italian boy taken to the worst <laughs> point. <laughs> I just got off the phone with mother. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. When they were having that little spat between the two of them i get behind chris cuomo before i got behind that fucking asshole <laughs> jesus christ in the close if you could find a democrat who's done more openly corrupt deeds than joe biden it's yeah it's cool yeah, deeds that have resulted in like now he can't handle like the fucking subway systems of new york how's he going to handle this decrepit nation yeah the 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 because they won't give money to New York City because it's some state dispute. And yeah, just letting the city rot. Yeah, it's, yeah. Ford to City Drop Dead was right. It just took a couple decades. I I I had really high hopes that this global pandemic would discredit neoliberalism forever, but it seems like it's really only doing that for younger people well whom it was already it. discredited for, yeah. Their death drives are just in full effect. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, it's going to get hot soon. Whatever. He, he kills the germs. <laughs> Everybody knows that uh, hot weather is it's great for viruses. Yeah, the yeah. Italians got it because the buildings are old. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. One time when when uh, Ellen and uh, George W. Bush were hanging out, um, Chris Cuomo uh, did like a segment defending them and he got like extremely earnest about it. And he said, there's a song that I love called Closer to the Heart by Rush. <laughs> and it has, it has these lyrics. Those who hold high places must be the ones to start to build a new reality closer to the heart and i was like oh man that's that's <laughs> like every musician's worst nightmare is to have their lyrics read in a normal voice in non-musical context that's like horrific for every musician even Rush's, those morons Rush's song about social responsibility we purpose some democrat shot <laughs> well they are canadians so watch what yeah. you say about them yeah aren't they libertarians Whoa. too no, that was like a, apparently that was like for a week or something while they were writing it or whatever. They like, 
he was uh neil pert was like reading the fountainhead like a lot of people were i guess you know like a, a lot of artists were like yeah this is me or something and then uh so neil he wrote pert like read one book is the story here and, yeah it happened to be ayn round <laughs> yeah and then i guess like they're really angry about it now like they or you you know he died but like they, they, were, they were really like <laughs> rest in peace yeah. <laughs> rest in peace but like they were like really annoyed by it because uh, all the libertarians, like that was one of their big bands that they would always listen to because those lyrics are sort of about Ayn Rand. And then uh, the other one that was funny was like uh, Oingo Boingo, the band. Yeah, was yeah. Uh, was a uh, capitalist, whatever. And then I thought that was funny. I had a friend in high school who was really into every Danny Elfman thing, and it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being really into every menu item at McDonald's, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> he was into Danny Elfman and Ska and Psycho Billy and like, oh, like oh, every Psycho Billy, baby. Every annoying kind of music, pretty much. Creepers, I'll tell you baby. what it is. It's some kind of Texas Psycho Billy freakout. That's what it is. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Canadian music. There was a Canadian rock and roll band who was prominent from 68 to 72 called Steppenwolf. And they, they were they, Canadian? You're fucking kidding me. That guy sounds like a like a down-home American. You don't know what we can find, you know? They showed up in L.A. with the most Canadian names you could imagine. I, I, I believe... One of their guys was named Jerry Edmonton. One was named Goldie McJohn. And I, I believe there might have been like a like a Fitzwilliam. Just the most like Scots Canadians name you could you could possibly imagine here to here to play American rock and roll. Born to be wild. <laughs> Simply Saucer did that in the 70s, and I actually recommend them. I'm sure Tom knows them already. But as far as space rock goes, those Canadians kicked ass. I actually, I've never heard of that. Really? I, I think you would love Cyborgs Revisited, knowing what I know of your former last FM. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> By the way, out. for the viewers who do not know, I've known Tom and... Leo, probably like 11 years, although at the time I was psychotically lying about my age and uh, actually 14 when they believed me to be 24 or something. So uh, we had quite a strange online relationship in which I would sort of try to mask my problems like, oh, her parents won't let me see her. And then sort of Leo would get confused and think, wow, you both are adults. That would be the plot hole, and I'd have to sort of sidestep that somehow. And this was before I was Muslim, so that was that this was to yeah. me either. So. Yeah, no, nothing made sense. And then I believe we got into a fight because I sent you some silly demo that kind of sucked because it was by like a 15-year-old. And you were like, hey, it's kind of interesting, but it kind of sucks, and I got really <laughs> mad. Instead of just saying I was 15, I was like, you just insulted a 24-year-old man, and now we're not friends anymore, Tom. No, I, I believe it was, uh, it was uh, uh, some narrative fiction. Oh, yeah, no, this was you. No, I, I had the same fight with Tom. I sent oh, you. Oh, I had yeah, no idea. Yeah, I had the same fight with Tom, and, and the several-year gap in our friendship resulted <laughs> in my ongoing lie, because I didn't want a cop to being a teenager online while taking care of my mother. Uh. <laughs>
No, when yeah, Leo and I fought major. over a shitty short story that was clearly written by a 15-year-old who hadn't experienced anything which was right because, I mean, I'd had like a weird childhood in Miami, but you, you don't confront that in your teens. You pretend it doesn't happen. So I fair, wrote a story it, about it was, nothing. It was a very solid thing with the, the character, right? The characters were just weak, and I just... Yeah, yeah, because I was... About that. And I was 15 to, years old, and that led, led to, to a it huge... Led, led to John refusing to speak with me for like seven or eight years. Four, four years at the most. We, we became friends again in the era of Tumblr, <laughs> I think. Talk about being born to be wild. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Miami FL. Bred this devil. So oh, uh, They do party all night, and in the morning they're all horrible zombies, and it's really sad. I don't know if you've been to Miami Beach at like 6 a.m. on a weekend, but see all the zombies <laughs> no. come out who've been doing lines of coke and morphine all night and are now drinking beers in the sun that they don't recognize. You will see true horror, which, by the way, to circle back, is really represented well in the beach bum. Recommended watch well, yeah, from yeah. the Pip Chronicles endorsement. I strongly recommend if you watch Spring Breakers and thought this is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, this is like Spring Breakers take two much better. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like how um what's the little French fellow who made into the void's name? Uh Gaspar Noe or whatever the fuck. Yeah, Gaspar Noe into the void awful movie. Yeah, Climax, which was really good. Oh, yeah, the the porn, too, yeah. But then he made Climax, which is a brilliant movie. Yeah, Climax is fantastic. Yeah, I want to see that. Oh, it's so fucking good. Like a rec center who are dosed with acid without their knowledge and... It's and all the dialogue it's, is improvised. Yeah, the, it's the like dancing. a German anti-theater, like Fassbender thing, but like Chantal Ackerman sort of also. Yeah, <laughs> it's really fucking it, sick. And it's the, the only actual proper actor who was a interested dancer was the girl who played the, the model in the Tom Cruise model movie. Sophia and she was great in both films, actually, both yeah, as the mummy woman and also as the woman freaking out on acid. Yeah, shout outs to her. Shout to Sophia Vitella. I think uh, I think it's about time that we get into the questions. Do you want to give us a little musical interlude or something there, John? Musical Do I want to play a, a live musical interlude? I, I don't think I'm equipped for it, actually. All right, well, how about you just hit us with some of those sound effects? Oh, yeah, I can get some I can get some reverb on here. So, how's that sound? Is that sounding really effective? Hang on. <laughs> so, First one here is for me, Tom. When do you plan to go on Hodge? I'm going next week. I'm going next week. No, I, I don't know when I'm going to go. It costs a little bit of money. It's like three grand or so, I think, for like. A hey, tour. man, we could have a really reckless nation. You could be out of here right after Easter. Let's hold out. Let's hold out for the reckless decision here. <laughs> 
I'll see my girlfriend, and you can head out on that. It'd be totally great. Yeah, sure. <laughs> if, if not for the the the, the SARS uh, cough disease, it would have been a, a really difficult pilgrimage this year because Australia's uh, their their sheep and their goats, and I think even some of their camels were burned to death in those big fires. So the price of the you know the, tra- the traditional yeah, you're supposed to sacrifice an animal. So there's a lot of animals that get get got during Hodge season. Although <laughs> it's going to be in Hodge like season two is months, not kind. So That's wrong, know. man. I really don't know what their plans are. It's it's something that uh, is a lot of fun. But people will post the pictures of the the barges where the sheep or the the camels are just stuffed together in the most inhumane way. It's like look, this is what monsters do animals. But then look at literally any food lot in America, cattle, or any industrial chicken farm. Yeah, go to any like weird Latino establishment called like Poyos. Yeah, I hate hate when they're being disingenuous. If they want to criticize it on merit or whatever, do that. That's not really the the business there. Yeah, I mean, I agree though that that's not right. Like that's yeah. It and it's also not something that is absolutely required. So they could kind of like. You know, I don't know. I I feel like the mistreatment of animals is not something that's allowed. So that should be prioritized over just like having enough animals to do this thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree completely. I just don't like the, the hypocritical nature. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm not allowed to like come along and just cheer you on, am I? they don't let me like they don't let me city limits or something but i know there's like you can't like actually go to like the the main event kind of thing but like is there other parts where i could just be a hype man or whatever and be like well i don't know maybe you can stand just outside the city limits like you're at a like a airport gate or something and just like wave a sign you know yeah yeah i think you're just better off going and mufti like the the famous british explorer did Oh, uh, Burton, yeah. Robert Burton, I think. Yeah, he just he just used some shoe polish and, and wrapped his head up and had a few letters of safe con- conduct. <laughs> yeah, he like, blacked himself yeah. totally up like a sambo and just walked in there with a turban on. <laughs> <laughs> he hired a bunch of um, porters and servants, so they looked like an important. I think he was playing Indian and Indian Muslims, so they're like, all right, we don't even know exactly what you guys look like. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of non-Muslims do get in these days. I, I think the Saudis are kind of like if there's some kind of business contact or something, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's not that big a deal, you know. It's not all about that. I mean, that's their biggest, I, I believe that's their only message of revenue rather than actually any yeah, I mean it's huge. It's a it's a yeah. really big event. But uh, yeah, it's just ridiculous that they are like so strict about Shia, and then they are, you know, much oh, more yeah. lax about like people who are just totally non-Muslim. You know, just like they they treat Shia really trying to go on like the, the way they deal with um, 
the pre-crusade Muslims who treat Christians who were trying to go on pilgrimage to Jerusalem, just like taking their money whenever they could and letting local bandits rob them and kill them. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's a little bit of brotherly love. Have you ever been, Leo? Have 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 any of you been to Israel? I went with my ex-wife. To where? It's quite a, to to Israel. I've been to, to Jerusalem, and uh, it's a scary place, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I I so I mainly stuck to Palestine, but I did go to Tel Aviv for like a day or two, and it, yeah, it's very weird. It felt like what I have seen in movies of like seventies New York. Like yes. there's just liquor stores and porn everywhere, and just like these skinny Sudanese guys on every every street corner, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then there are fucking college students like dressed in military fatigues, like fingering their assault rifles while holding a bag of yeah, candy. Yeah, they got guns the size of their torsos. It's fucking insane. Yeah. It's yeah. a really terrible place. <laughs> yeah. Palestine is great though, um, and it's actually like a. Yeah, I went with my Jewish ex-wife, so I didn't see much of Palestine, unfortunately. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I wish I had. <laughs> the one thing that, that blew my mind, which is stupid, but Tom told me about how in Palestine the people who who make the money are Palestinian Christians, and they sort of serve the, the banking room that you just you described to to Jews. Every day in Jerusalem those Palestinian Christians do like a passion play on parade and they like take like a fake dead Jesus yeah. and they carry him through Jerusalem. It's wild. It's uh yeah, there are there are a lot of Palestinian Christians that are like represented as like, you know, the landlords and, and all that kind of stuff. But that's that's not just Palestine. I think that's true in Jordan, and I'm not so sure about Lebanon and stuff, but... Oh, man, the poor Middle East. <laughs> what a mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. I mean, at least it's good that they're uh, exporting some of those Chechen G.I. Joes out of the Middle East so they can go murder people in Libya and give, give them a break for the when I was in Jordan yeah. and I was teaching English, I had two students in my ESL classes who were Chechen. It was they were like they were <laughs> girls. They were like maybe they kept car bombing in the classroom. It was terrible. Well, they, they just gave this en- like they just had badass energy that like everyone <laughs> yeah. was scared of them. Like of course they were. <laughs> two Chechen chicks. I'd be yeah. scared. You know they didn't have any facial express like they didn't emote oh, at all hard face chechens they are yeah. yeah they were cool though they're very good very good students you know i got nothing bad to say about them oh yeah don't you dare you'll have a pipe bomb fly through your fucking window <laughs> <laughs> chechen roots run deep brother check your candy store yeah yeah but, um, what what is the what Satrapy of, of Russia side or on the, the jihadist side, Chechens are just uh, they're, they're not in there. Yeah. The people who live quiet and 
called yeah. lies. Yeah, they have like the rope. they have like the Neanderthal features of like the the uh, Balkan people, and then they have like the natural lying like monster features of the Slavics. Speaking as a half <laughs> Russian myself, so I can say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I really love watching uh, people that have gone to Chechnya on like YouTube. They do like the little tourism videos and stuff, and I don't know. It, it seems like a really tremendous place. All right, let's I, go on to the next question here. Oh, uh, yeah, we're wandering. This is fun, <laughs> though. We should do a bunch of these. Yeah, I got a whole bunch here. So, All right, so this one is for Donald Hughes. I've been to the psychic plane Donnie. and seen your nemesis, and Cap Protestant Donald. He's the one that's <laughs> causing all of this. You must enter and defeat him. The moon is rising in Gemini. The fox makes its den in the darkest woods. I've said too much. May Gaia help you. Shadow Donald, dude, you have to defeat this guy. I'm sorry <laughs> to say, man. This yeah, is, uh, this yeah. sounds pretty. This sounds pretty conclusive. Shadow Donald has been causing this. <laughs> Shadow Donald would do this to us. He would be that much of a troll because you're already <laughs> so much of a troll. You know. He just yeah. sincerely posts like little cat videos and stuff. <laughs> His little puppers and shit. Yeah. <laughs> he retweets like, uh, what's it called? The ice challenge. The. Uh, <laughs> Ice bucket challenge. I think it would be something like uh I don't know. like you'd have to you'd be able to like pay your own security and government and stuff to like I don't know, like ma- like manage the population around you or something to stop them from infecting you or something. Like you could you could like uh yeah, I don't know. You'd have to have some sort of... There'd have to be some way that, like... Uh, yeah, people would have to buy into your constitution to get a vaccine or something, you know? Like, I don't know. There, th- that would be the kind of theory, I think. There'd have to be some sort of connection between... Yeah, like, a, like you know, your own private government and, like, surviving. It seems like anarcho-capitalists always go back to insurance companies where yeah. Yeah. basically any function that uh, a, a normal uh, government department it would be like, oh, the insurance company would handle that. If there's a bit of a pandemic, the insurance company would do it. Which it's, uh, it seems like you're just replacing a government private insurance companies which is way more limpid than just having a government yeah and then having a strong government well if you could yeah if you could choose between different public health authorities that you know that would cause like a you know more competition and then from that you know you wouldn't get pandemics because that you know you would just choose the one that would stop the pandemic instead oh, of uh, yeah. being subjected to trump's public health oh lord all right this one this next question is also for donald it says would you support canada joining a socialist usa um only if mexico joined too i think like i think that's like the trigger condition you'd have to have like more than just the united states and canada because then we'd get drowned out and just like you know, we just have to deal with like people moving from different places to Toronto more and stuff. But if we got like Bolivia and Venezuela and you know Brazil and stuff on board, I think that yeah, and it was called like you know Bolivaria or something was like the 
the whole country, then that would be cool. Or like, or the organization of American socialists. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. United States of America, but yeah, Amer- real America or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I think that would be oh, fine. America yeah. too. Yeah. This time it's real. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think that's fine. I don't, yeah. I just don't like the idea of like being sucked up into like the existing United States. That would be pretty. Yeah. Uh, Tocqueville you know. presents America. That'd be more appealing. <laughs> With the way the federal system works. Say you're you're Montana or North Dakota or something. It's really easy for one rich guy to just own all the land and control the entire politics of your state. And I, I feel like if, if in a socialist country, Canada would just be like they treat them like uh, New Jersey or something. They go, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I already feel like that, like with a lot of ways with the um, like, you know, there's a like Canadian nationalism here that like tries to sort of push a lot of it is like progressive and they try to like push this idea that we're somehow better and different than the United States in a lot of ways. I think that like uh, I think it's almost it feels like living in a place that's like Ohio that's putting on airs or something, you know, it's not really it's not really that much different. Like, oh, that's such an insult to Ohio putting on airs. <laughs> that's really that's gonna bite some listeners. That's what hard. the Northwest sort of does with California. <laughs> they sort of think of themselves as like the the like California is like the stupid part of the West Coast. Like they, oh yeah, they have the better and weather, the, but the they're Pacific all Pacific Northwest is where all the geniuses live. All the guys named Taco who live on their bikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Smugness is definitely a uh, Pacific Northwest trait outside the rural areas. What yeah. is? Yeah, it's very much an Smug- urban thing. Smugness. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. uh, the, the, the rural people who aren't, say, uh, KKK members or, you know, skinheads who I've met, they've been very quirky and, and funny, like Twin Peaks characters. But the, the city folk are just, there's a lot of this art, sort of specific Irish stock. Oh, they yeah. They look very snaky. Aren't there a lot of racists in them parts? Isn't it yeah. quite a surprisingly racist region? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, a, lot of, a lot of businesses from, uh, say, dance clubs to dispensaries to just normal franchises are owned by white supremacists. Oh, yeah, kids. that makes total sense. Yeah, we're chill about everything except racism, it seems. It's cool. All right, so let's go on to the next question here. Are you guys making any stock moves during the COVID-19 market crash? It seems like a good time to short sell. So I don't participate in any of that usury stuff, so not me. Oh, yeah, baby. I'm buying Forex. I'm short selling the yen. I'm really going wild. Danish kroner. Bezos sold (laughs) off everything before the the, the COVID stuff was properly announced he made $3 billion. So of course he did. It's really hard to, to front run that stuff when you have the people who are by politicians getting that info directly. You have to really follow the, the data and the people to not get burned on it. 
Yeah, I think it's, but, it, yeah. And, and I think that there's, they're, they're giving away all this free money to corporations with no strings attached, but I, I think there's still further for the stock market to drop as the pandemic spreads. So I think if you save up your, your gold coins, you could maybe get in when the market goes even lower. I always like look at the like different sectors and I kind of think to myself like should that exist and most of the time it's not like it's not true that it should, it should exist it's like they're just health insurers or oil companies and all these things so it's like you know if you want to invest in something over five to ten years or something right you're like well yeah but in ten years hopefully like climate change will have like eliminated that industry or something or like maybe climate change or like you know hopefully the United States will actually have a healthcare system by then or something. So it's hard to like actually look at the thing and say, I want to invest in that when you're like, yeah, but it shouldn't exist. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, all of it shouldn't exist, right? Like, you know, Exxon Mobil would be smart enough to di- diversify away from fossil fuels, but you know how the, the sort of culture of a corporation just fossilizes so you can't really trust them to, to switch to uh, to spending money on windows and stuff like that before the before it's too late um, some of them like Tivo and Pickens happen to own a ton of land and own a lot of mineral rights for, for gas and stuff but he he realized that he could also make money by putting up windows everywhere. That's why so, they call them T-Bone Pickens, you know? He picked up all the Pickens by building all those windmills and making all those deals. <laughs> Oklahoma State, baby. He's bringing them back Hero. to prominence. Hero. Okay. I would like to buy some windmills just to have, like, as a power move, like three or four windmills. You Where know? would you keep them? I mean, I'm in a co-op apartment in the Bronx, so that is that is a tough idea. Maybe I could convince them to hold them in the courtyard, just like four windmills side by side, moving, just an absence of wind. <laughs> <laughs> Good for like grounding flour or something like that. Not yeah, electrical. yeah, exactly. Yeah, just toss some flour up from like the fourth floor. That's a really good idea. <laughs> You can charge your you can charge your portable boombox and just walk around the city with a microphone broadcasting your political message to people. You could be like the, the the black Hebrew Israelites. That is the form the Pimp Chronicles should have taken, but Leo was forced to not move in with me due to Corona. Actually, like we were a week away from living together, Leo and I, and he had to go home because because the world ended. John, you're in you're in New York. Do you like watching the black Hebrew Israelites harangue pastors black? Oh, I actually really love it. They're all dressed like anime characters and they all just like point to people and like say that they should be executed. Just like look at this piece of shit and the guy's sitting there reading his newspaper. They're so aggressive and they're so just seemingly unaware of the city. I really admire them. And yet they project such elegance with those like really ornate outfits. And yet they're just really berating people saying like this is our land 
and every one of you should be murdered. While we all sit there quietly like we're sort of bad students who deserve it, you know? It's a really fun experience for me when they get on the train and nobody ever says a word. Even like, I'm, I'm in the South Bronx where like people sort of yell at each other and like accuse you of being gay if you like wear tight pants. But like, you know, still up here when those guys get on the train, nobody says a fucking word. They all just bow their heads and like take their verbal lashings about how they should all be killed in visceral ways because they are Yakubian devils. I think that's I think that's a good lesson for um, all you, you Maoists and um, Leninists out there. If you want people to be forced to listen to your your messages, you get some nice uniforms. Exactly. You just, yes. So yeah. You get a, a portable <laughs> PA system and you just scream and insult. Exactly. People. Yeah. You get that's in people's how, faces and say, "I'm you right. You need to die." Yeah. <laughs> then another cell splits off from that. You get another cell. Pretty soon. The, pretty soon, that's a whole lot of cells, baby. <laughs> Yeah, pretty soon the peasants are, are in control. Oh yeah. I don't I, I don't have a lot to say about it, but I've been I've been trying to read about Cambodia uh, before the Khmer Rouge just to kind of figure out who these people were who decided. You to would just... be fucking researching Cambodia before the Khmer Rouge. <laughs> I'm fucking trying to make it through the Paris Review, and you're like reviewing before... pre. <laughs> Tribal conflict. God damn it. There's there's this really great line. Um, they got a lot of support from China because they were they were sincerely trying to do Maoism as they saw it. And uh, Mao gave them like four hundred books about communism. He like he gave them all the Marx and Lenin, and all the, uh, you know the the canon. And so they read they they read them all and. Uh, there's there's this there's this great this great line I don't know if it's true or not it, it kind of sounds fake but um um who had taken power before the Khmer Rouge were around um, he met Zhu Enlai in seventy five with some other Khmer Rouge leaders um, Yang Sari uh, Q Sampan guys who were later accused of the of perpetrating the genocide. I mean, they're accused. They did it. You ain't lying, baby. Anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> so sorry for that one. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. And Lai uh, was warning them about the the danger of radical movements towards communism, talking about how how bad the Great Leap Forward was, and. Zhu urged them not to repeat the same mistakes China had, you know, just destroying its productive capacity and ideologically messing up its economy. And Sianuk of Cambodia later recalled that Qiu Samfan and Yang Tirith, who were part of the Khmer Rouge later on, responded only with a quote, an incredulous and superior smile. So you have these peasant guys who are getting power and they're getting lectured by, by the Chinese about like, okay, these are certain things that you when you read the book, you think that might be the thing to do, but you kind of have to soft play it. And they just look at them with those those eyes and they, you're kind of uh, 
I'll just turn to Cambodian nose and just smile. Like, oh, you think we're going <laughs> to slow this down? No. Yeah. No. Oh, no, this is the beginning, this, baby. This is, we're not this even is the Cambodian Rouge yet. You should, you should hear what that is. And it's going <laughs> to be great. <laughs> Rouge time, baby. You ain't lying. <laughs> All right, let's do one more question here. Uh, what's your favorite musical act other than Killer Flamingos? So I don't I don't know what Killer Flamingos are. But I also don't know that act, despite knowing a lot of music. So yeah, it's probably someone plugging or... their band, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely got to be. <laughs> so That's not a famous band it. name. That is a post 2010s. We don't know what to call band's name. That could easily be a bar in Miami Beach. <laughs> it doesn't have a, a MacBook keyboard option plus symbol in the name. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's hope it doesn't. Or have, or, like, or or pyramid. Yeah. 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 No, no, it's just just regular old letters. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, why doesn't Donald start and then we'll go around the horn? Yeah, well, I'll go around the horn. That sounds great. Old round the horn, our old favorite game. Yeah, my favorite band, I don't know, Elvis Presley. It, you just lagged for a second. What is your favorite band? I have to know. Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley's your favorite band. Yeah, that's what, I don't know. That's what I'll say. I don't know. Like okay. Sun Records Elvis <laughs> Presley or like fat 1970s Suspicious Minds Elvis Presley? Yeah, Suspicious Minds. Late, Yeah, like late in the game. Late in the game fat, when fat. he's all fat and tragic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I found him the most sympathetic Glazing, too then. Glazing Star. That's a great song. That is a good song, yeah. Blazing Star. Blazing Star. Great song. <laughs> <laughs> What's your wonderful rendition? My favorite—that's a tough question, but I'd say it's a tie between Silver Juice and Nas. Okay. Damn, Nas, Silver Juice and Nas is pretty good. Fuck. If you've never listened to to Purple by Nas, because it's on the Lost Tapes, it's not one of on one of his classic albums. It's on it's on his his Lost Tapes like collection of old studio stuff. Listen to that. That song will make you cry, laugh, smile, any sort of emotion you've been ever been able to feel. <laughs> How about you, John? Uh, Jesus, let's see here. As far as inactive bands go, maybe I will sidestep the Silver Jews just not to copy and perhaps settle on... Fuck, the Silver Jews is great. I guess I'll go with Khan, maybe. Can. Oh, and the German uh, crap yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, I love those fellas. You're losing, you're losing, you're um, losing, you're losing, losing. losing. vitamin C. And also Sparks, I've been getting through that a oh. lot. Getting through the quarantine with the best Sparks albums. You know, Onks in My Pants, uh, number one yeah. song in heaven. Real, real musical aids to the moment. As far as active bands go, uh, Madlib recently signed Jerry Paper from California, who I think is doing some really great neo soul even though he looks like a potato and I really support what he's doing <laughs> and uh, the John V Variety Hour starring me is also a great band it's on all your streaming websites 
Shout out to Shout out. Pay for their albums. Go to our live stream shows for the next year. <laughs> and only give them good reviews. Only yes. good reviews, yes. Only positive press. Yeah. I love Mickey Mouse by Sparks. I think that's one of oh, the yeah. perfectly crafted songs. I spent a second wondering, like, why would Disneyland let them say Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse in Disneyland California in a song? And it's because it's actually, like, a really compelling anthem, even despite what a good song it is. Like, it makes me want to go to Disneyland and meet Mickey Mouse, even though I've been to Disneyland and watched a fat man die there. You know? Like, that's how powerful a song it is. It's a really wonderful song. All right. Oh, all right, Tom. Let's 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 hear your two bands. Yeah. So I think I have to say the Melvins. That's always been my favorite band. Um, I still choice. listen to them pretty pretty frequently. Lately, I've been kind of going back to like Mike Patton and the Melvins a lot since the quarantine thing. Do you hit. like those two thousands uh, Melvin side projects by the uh, non King Buzzard guy? Not by King Buzzard, but by the other dude. It's got a really strange name. I'm forgetting it entirely. God damn it. It's got like rap elements. I quite like that stuff, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm not sure if I've even heard that, to be honest. I I kind of stopped f- like paying attention to everything they were putting out a- after a certain point, I think. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, there there is. And... I don't I don't like the newer stuff as much. It's it kind of feels yeah. like not very Melvin Z to me. So No, yeah, it seems like explicitly not Melvin Z at points actually. Yeah. I mean, you know, they've been around since 83, so you got to give them yeah. room to do what they want, you know, kind of change things up, but yeah. that's not really what I'm into the Melvins for. I, I like yeah. the other stuff. Speaking of music, I discovered something that seems so so horrible that it shouldn't exist there's um there's a band called that the madness which was a super group with uh the guy from the specials right no oh no and uh he was later replaced by scott stapp of creed oh my god and their their album is called Oh, the the newest album, I suppose, is called "The Art of Anarchy," and the cover oh. artist is like a drama mask with the anarchy symbol. Oh and yeah, a, baby. a white dove That's on one what side I'm talking about. and a black crow. Just the corniest, weirdest, <laughs> almost Christian post grunge. This music that you would think nobody in the world could possibly want. But that it, may it be just, the worst genre of the 2000s, I think. All those yeah, supergroups like Audio keeps, Slave, Velvet Revolver, oh, uh, Chicken no. Foot, Chicken Foot with Michael Anthony and the drummer of Red Chili oh. Peppers, most famous for looking like Will Ferrell. That's basically oh. all he's done. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a Wikipedia album for, for. I mean, I went to a Wikipedia page for one of their albums, and uh, it's just, it just said under recording. So Something like the the band decided to record the album in 2017 when they had some free time, and that's when it stopped. <laughs> a little citation, like wow, what a rock and roll lifestyle. There is an exception to this kind of stuff, though, which is the desert sessions that Josh Homme used to do. I don't know if he still does it. Oh, yeah. I don't know what these are. What what is this? So he used to have. I, again, I don't know if he still does it, but there's like this house that he has or a friend of his has or something like that. And he gets like just a bunch of his friends, musician friends to go hole up in this house for a while. They do a bunch of shrooms and different things like that. And they just record 
something and <laughs> he used to put it out like i think just about every year yeah and uh they were doing that from before queens of the stone age and stuff like a lot of the songs that would later become queens of the stone age songs were originally desert session songs oh so, wow i would love to hear those d queens of the yeah stone it's cool because they're like a different version you know it's a little bit different a lot of them are instrumental uh it, it's it's nice it's really good stuff yeah, I've always wanted to hear desert rock demos because, like, finished desert rock always feels too much. Like, you know, here's some desert rock. Yeah, here's all that, the tropes it, of desert it's, rock. It's, it's cool when you're in high school listening to it on the CD player of your, your Monte Carlo, but it loses. <laughs> I mean, it it's always cool that, that Monte Carlo, baby. Yeah, when you're in a Monte Carlo, if anything you're doing is cool. Oh, yeah. Specifically. <laughs> we. What do you guys think about person, personal luxury coupes? Oh, I'm, I'm thinking talking. send me one today, brother. Send mm. me that and a gun instead of $1,200, and I will defend <laughs> myself from the tanks. Oh, man, I can't wait till you've got a, a Glock with an extended clip. Oh, it's going to be sick, man. I don't know what it's like where you guys are, but it's so sad to be in the Bronx because the first two weeks, people were like out in the streets, like drinking from paper bags, hugging each other. And like I saw a guy crotch chopping at a cop car. It was like 1978. (laughs) And then within two weeks, we have gone to the 90s. And now everybody's inside. Most people outside are wearing masks. There's a lot of looking out of windows with scary eyes. It's been very... I saw that that British article about people calling the police about their neighbors exercising more than than once a day because the the government said oh, they yeah. only go out for a run once a day. Like, I've been torturing my downstairs neighbors my by neighbor. doing clap push-ups He's like Travis Bickle. Yeah, that's I support that entirely. You should torture your neighbors with the sound of your self-improvement, and that will inspire them. That is my semi-fascist theology <laughs> of the day. Here in my neighborhood, a lot of people don't seem to be doing things very differently. Uh, in in Chicago, generally, I get the sense that a lot of people are staying at home and stuff. Like the public transportation seems pretty empty, from what I know. But it it also seems like a lot of businesses are just sort of declaring themselves essential, you know, like flower shops and stuff like that. Yeah, same here. Oh, Pizza shops, wearing masks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when you, you know, you go to the, the store or whatever, there's just tons of people. You, you do see people with masks and stuff, but there's a lot of people who are just acting like it's nothing. Uh, there, the other day yeah. I was with Tabs. We were in the grocery store and there was a guy that was getting really close to us in the checkout line and... I mean, not like cl- close that would be weird. In <laughs> yeah, outside of these but, really weird contexts, yeah. Right, but like, you know, he, definitely like maybe two feet away from us. Or, or <laughs> Shit, yeah. Us. So we were just kind of like, hey, you, you want to give us a little space, please? You know, that kind of thing. And then he was like, oh, I'm, I'm from the old school, you know, I don't, I don't really do all that. And it was like the old school, like two weeks ago that we were all, <laughs> that we're all from. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he actually ended up just switching lines. He was like, oh, I'm not superstitious like that. I'm just going to change lines. And I was like, oh, all right, dude. Jesus. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I went to Walmart and it was all tape all over the floor everywhere to like 
like in a grid basically so that you knew how far to stand from other people oh. and stuff. It was the oh. whole floor. Wow, like a little like paths strange. for piglets. Jesus Christ, that's <laughs> terrible. That's, and that's how they set uh, prisons up. Leo, you and I have had a lot of close calls in prison. We should have talked about this this entire time I while saying allegedly... We'll just say that, that we're outlaws and we'll save that yeah. for our, our, our own podcast ever. Yeah, yeah, we'll save all those outlaw tales for the Pimp Chronicles. Yeah, so what's the name of your guys' podcast again? When's that coming It's out? It's either the Pimp Chronicles or it is uh, the Modern Day Player's Guide. We're cycling through a lot here. Or the Panther Owners Club. We've been, we've been feeling oh, that yeah. out too. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a good one. Um, it should be starting soon. Evan has corona, but I have an interface yeah, I can mail him, so we can all do it remote style like you guys and bug you for help and stuff. Yeah, the thing is that I was supposed to be living with John with my girlfriend as of yeah. like three days from now, but now <laughs> yeah. I'm a... I have no idea how long I'm going to be trapped in, in Michigan. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh... That was a big swerve in our plans. That could have been great, man. <laughs> We'd be causing Dude. so much ruckus. We'd have broken all the furniture by now, listening to Mickey Mouse by Sparks on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> What's that ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. <laughs> Breakfast Club, John Hughes, classic. <laughs> classic piece of cinema, my friend. You can't beat it. Makes me want to have some breakfast at Tiffany's. We all seen that one? Oh, Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Audrey Hepburn, don't, don't get Don started about Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> don't get started. Don't get started about the modern-day Audrey Hepburn known as Gal Gadot. By the way, you've talked about this, but how do you feel about that Imagine video, Don? What is your Sorry, initial reaction? What was my reaction? I thought it was nice that she tried to cheer some people up, but uh, I guess, you know strong woman so they tear her down you know yeah yeah that happens yeah 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 and people are like kind of like well maybe she should have picked uh you know more obscure song or something it's like it's gal gadot come on like it's yeah what songs do her publicist allow her to listen to <laughs> so all right guys well, i think uh we can wrap it up here it's been great having oh. you on this has been a joy, my fellows. We should do it again. We should have more people. We should have tabs on, too. We should get Evan in the mix. We should just have a thousand voices all at once, man. Wall of sound. Wall of yeah. sound. Let's turn up the reverb. Wall of sound. Wall of sound. Wall of sound. A shower of voices. No, I disagree with my good friend Leo. Do not listen to Machine Gun Drum Metalcore right now. It'll make you do crimes and kill your neighbors. Do not listen to that. Put on some, you know, lighthearted folk music. I don't know. Put on some. Uh, put on some I've Gary been, Higgins. I've been listening to so, a lot of great soul music. Yeah, soul music will down. soothe you. Yeah, yeah. Get like a transistor radio going and just put on those Phil Spector classics and pretend he didn't shoot his wife or whatever. Everybody buy a transistor radio. I'll throw it to Tom so he can take us out of here. 
All right, guys. Yeah, so look out for their podcast. It's going to maybe be called The Pimp Chronicles. It'll be coming out soon. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. If you want to subscribe to the Patreon, you will get a second episode of You Can't Win Every Week. And we'll catch you next time. By the way, brother, when I get that money, I'm subscribing to the Patreon. You'll see John Veronis on there. You're going to see him. Spring that cool on you for me. That's going straight to Tom and Don. Hell yeah. Send your Corona money to Tom and Don. Send it right to them. Remember, Don isn't getting any because his life is good, so you need to subscribe. (laughs) Life's too sweet. All right, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you so much, fellows. And I'm sorry if any of this clipped. <laughs> shall we? Shall we? Peace out. All right, let's do it. Bye, everybody. Bye. I must be dreaming you're too good to be true. Who could imagine there'd be someone like you? So near perfection is hard to believe. All I've ever wanted, all I ever need Somewhere in heaven where the heart's ever free I know the angels keep I watch over me For they have sent me an angel like you Are you an illusion? Am I just a fool? Show me, show me what to do Love me, oh darling, through me through the night Love me, oh darling, to the morning light Love me, whoa, love me Promise you'll be my forevermore Love me, whoa, love me Hold me close never, never As long as you can Take me in your arms and love me Your eyes amaze me with the sweet things they say Your love can save me from all that I am With your love to guide me, I'm a better man Show me, show me once again Love me, oh darling, through me through the night Love me, oh darling, through the morning Couldn't take it being lonely again
stay here beside me as long as you can. Take me in your arms and love me.